what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and this is the Action Network's NBA betting podcast brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm joined today by my colleague, Brandon Anderson, NBA futures analyst. We're going to break down all sorts of stuff. We've got an ROI rumble as we're going to go head to head over a division bet that we think may have value right now. We're going to talk about a team that we want to take a little bit more cautiously instead of betting a futures angle on them. We'll get to that as well as Brennan's excellent article on them. And we're going to look at, we're going to try and rack them. We're going to try and get put together a parlay on the awards. And we'll also hit you with a long shot of the week. A reminder, everything we talk about today can be found in the award-winning action network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up the second information where the bets and money are coming in on. You can find all of our great content. You can find this podcast in the media center, green dot daily, getting your daily betting agenda set, for the day we've got the daily live uh the uh best bets episodes tuesday wednesday thursday all sorts of great stuff in there check it out brandon's killer uh nfl articles he picks every game because he's a lunatic but he does well his roi is in terrific you can track all our picks including my same game parlays which are red hot right now yeah those are those are dangerous bets but i'm making them work right now we're not going to talk about that but with the roi is working out for me uh brandon right off the top we got some news we got to talk about from um uh, th- we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, um, and we're not going to talk about Kyrie Irving, though. Spoiler: There's a I got a little column coming. You might want to check Ooh, out boy. a little bit. Um, a little, brought the old fire back for a little bit. Um, but we're going to talk about the Sixers. James Harden suffered an injury; going to be out for a month now. Uh, what is your reaction to that news? As we were kind of worried about the Sixers last week, and then they kind of got together and we're like, "Hey, this might be okay." And now Harden's out for a month. Uh, what is your reaction in terms of the betting markets and and in general in regards to the Sixers right now? Yeah, you and I were both on a lot of Sixers futures coming to the season, and we had a little ceremonial burning for pretty much all of them last week. I uh, was trying to find the ashes to see, like, are, are ashes able to be burnt again? Is that a thing that can happen? Like, is it incense at this point? I'm not sure where we're at on it. Yeah, I think the obvious from a future standpoint, the thing that came to mind is Tyrese Maxey for most improved. He's a guy that kind of was bullseye on a lot of my checklist things anyway. If he could get enough usage and playing time to make the jump, well, no James Harden is a pretty good way to do that, it turns out. And we've talked a lot about making the all-star team is important while having this big spotlight for a month or more, you know, usually an or more in this case. That can be a good way too. However... Our guy Tyrese Maxey is now the clear favorite at most improved. Apparently, I was not the only one to notice that that might be a good bet to make. So I'm not necessarily sure I need to jump in on that value now, but definitely a name to keep an eye on. Do you think that Joel Embiid MVP has some value? Because he's the other name, obviously, that, you know, coming into the year, before we knew about the injury that wasn't hidden, that they didn't tell us about, that was definitely hidden. Before that... I was looking to add Embiid to my MVP portfolio. You got me doing portfolios now, Matt. 
this would be the spot for it. This would be the 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 buy low before Embiid has the big here I am MVP, hear me roar. Maybe even gets to play like the Magic or somebody in there and pound some terrible team. But the foot thing, I don't know. Do, do you do you need to get an MVP ticket for Embiid right now? I have some parlays with him because I have some parlays with everyone. Um, but no, I would ask so the question I think I would ask is do we think there's any way that he is a significantly shorter and closer to Giannis and Luca by December in the odds market? And I would say the answer is no. I would say probably those two guys are there. So I think you have some time to see how this goes. I don't think we need to anticipate this. I think we can see, like, mm-hmm. let's wait for Joel to get in shape. Let, let's let's start there. Let's wait for him <laughs> to actually look like the MVP again before we start betting him. The markets are not going to instantly adjust. It's not like, like Joel's not going to go out there and drop 46 on some bum-ass team and immediately jump to plus 200. So I think we have some time. Yeah, that would be my time. yeah I, I would say I would say in between. I think that it does, it will adjust. But I do want to see, give me one or two games of Joel. I don't even care who it is. Go punk Charlotte or something. Bring in one of the Zellers. I don't give a rip. But like, show me that you can be healthy and do it for one game at least. Let me not just, let me not Kawhi Leonard myself, if I may, and just take a shot on the long shot that it turns out, whoops, that was never going to happen. So yeah, I, I don't want to wait till December because this is the stretch where I don't think he's going to get to a Luca or Giannis number, but you know, I would rather play the longer number and miss out sometimes, but I think you're right. Give us a game or two, Joel, but yeah, not great for Philly. Well, it has been great. It's about the Cavaliers and the Bucks, and we're going to do a little ROI rumble. We're going to go head to head in this segment where each of us is going to make the case for a bet. And we're going to start with the central division. Fight. As the Milwaukee Bucks are minus 290, you're going to have to lay some juice on them. But it's a shorter number than you usually get because those Cleveland Cavaliers look awesome after another win on Wednesday night versus the Boston Celtics. Now 2-0 versus the Celtics uh, have secured at least a split of head-to-head tiebreaker. That could wind up mattering. Of course, in order to do that, if they were to split with the Celtics, they would need to win the division, which brings us back here. Implied... 74.36% 74.36% implied for the Bucks at 290 at minus 290 to win the division. The Cavs implied is just 23.81%. Uh, I will give you the Bucks case. All right. The Bucks case is this is what they do. Like this is their identity, is they win this division. They win it, they win a ton of regular season games. Folks, I bet the Bucks under based off of I was like, they do not look good in preseason. Mids out for an unknown part of time. This is all deeply concerning. They're undefeated. Their numbers, when Chris, when Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, and Brooke Lopez play, they win at a 60-win rate the last two seasons. If you go back to, to the year before when they won the title, it's a 58% rate. If you throw in Chris Middleton, it's also a 58% rate. They have the number one defense. They are not great. In offense, 25th in offense currently. But guess what? They're missing their best perimeter shot creator in Chris Middleton, who, by the way, is being assigned for a G G League rehab stint, probably going to be back in the next couple of weeks. So for me, the Bucs have already gotten off to a great start. They look awesome. Drew Holiday looks awesome. Giannis looks better. I don't know how, Brandon, but Giannis (laughs) looks better. Brooke Lopez is looking like a defensive player of the year candidate. There's all sorts of injury stuff here, but I don't know that that's more significant than a Cavs team that always seems to have some dude banged up over the last two seasons. And when we just throw all this out, I believe in the Bucks formula. They're going to beat the bad teams. 
They're going to beat the teams at home and they're going to beat their division opponents. Their record is impeccable in those three areas. The Cavaliers, I think, are going to be better in these high profile spots. I'm not sure I trust them night by night yet for them to, to copy that kind of formula because you're going to have to outdo the Bucks in those categories. You're going to have to be as good at home. You're going to have to be as good versus the bad teams. You're going to have to be as good versus division opponents. And all this makes it very difficult. So if you're betting division right now, it's still worth it to lay the minus 290 with the Milwaukee Bucks. So that was a really good case. I uh, kind of just want to bet the Bucks and not make the other case right now, which is not a thing I would normally say on this podcast to you, Matt Moore. But I'm going to make the case for the Cleveland Cavaliers because the problem is, I think even you would agree, if the Cavs were in literally any other division in the NBA, I think we would both just be like, yes, Cavs division, go yes, bet the Cavs. The, yes, 100%. The problem yes. is the one team I don't want to necessarily bet them against is in their division. But Cleveland Cavaliers, 6-1 and one right now. They should be perfect. They should be 7-0 like the Bucs, but they let that Raptors opener get away. 2-0 against the Celtics, that Wednesday night game. Man, that was, I think, maybe the best played game of the season. Yeah. I know you were on NBA BetCast for that one, but fun game. Felt like a playoff setting and not a first-round playoff setting. Just really high-level, good basketball. I love that the Cavs are 6-1, and one, even though Darius Garland has barely played yet. You've got the Chris Middleton case for the Bucs. I've got the Garland case for the Cavs. So number two defense already for Cleveland. That's what we expected. Mobley and Allen are great. Donovan Mitchell engaging in defense this year, actually doing some of the stuff that he was supposed to be doing coming out of college from Louisville as a prospect. And then our guy, Dean Wade, who I was just begging to leave the league forever. So I don't have to keep hearing D Wade or Dean Wade and which guy is playing out here. The guy can defend. The guy is like, he, he I think, is that fifth starter that they need. He's not starting right now. I'd love to see it with Levert off the bench now that Gary Scarlin is back. So we'll see how that settles. But number six offense so far, despite only 56 minutes with Darius Garland, that is exciting to me. Jared Allen hasn't even been that good yet compared to what he was last year. So Donovan Mitchell, I think, is the reason for that, pretty obviously. And Don is that dude. Don has been the scorer in the clutch and down the stretch that they needed. 31-7 and seven so far right now. Obviously, that will probably come down a little bit. His minutes are way up and usage up without Garland. But, you know, we talked about both of us had him for possible scoring leader champion. He's in the mix there. His assist rate, especially seven assists per game. I don't know if we thought that he had that in him, but his assist rate is now up all six years of his career, one to the next. So you look around the NBA, how many guards are playing better basketball than Donovan Mitchell right now? Luca, I'll give you if he counts as a guard. I think he's about as good as anyone else. Donovan Mitchell would be a pretty clear All-NBA right now. Steph, Dame, Ja, like that's kind of the mix that he's in, but I think he's in that mix. The one other thing that I like, although a little caution as well, so you break on the schedule analysis, positive residual. So I've got the chart that you had sent earlier in the offseason. The Bucs had the third easiest opening schedule. The Cavs were fourth hardest. So the fact that Cleveland can hang in and only be one game out is actually pretty good for the Cavs right now. But right now, they do have a road trip now. Five games, Detroit, both L.A. teams, Sacramento, Golden State. That California road trip is never easy. So I'll say this. I like Cleveland here, but it's maybe not the exact moment in time to buy them. I think I'm going to look for my spot in November to buy in. I've got them from the summer, plus 1,000, plus 850. 
before I accurately predicted the Donovan Mitchell trade, as you recall, and had them before the season. Again, I just wish the Bucs weren't the team they had to beat. Anyone else, I feel great. The Cavs are looking good. They do play. Cleveland plays in Milwaukee twice this month. They play in Milwaukee right after this big West Coast trip, and then another week later, I think maybe the day after Thanksgiving. That all makes me believe that if you are right now at this moment while you're listening, choosing which side, you should probably pick Matt's side because this is not the moment. I think there's going to be a better moment to get a better number on Cleveland. So, but I like the Bucks. or sorry, Freudian slip, perhaps. <laughs> I like the Cavs. They're they're right in that range. And uh, yeah, 538 projects them 49 wins, Bucks 54. That's around where I had it at the start of the season. Yeah. And I think... I like the Bucs better. I like the Cavs number better. So I made the case for the Bucs. I think they're going to win it. I, here's what I actually said. I may do. I may seriously do this, Brandon. I think I'm going to bet the Cavs because I think that there will be a point where the Cavs are favored to win the division, and then I'm going to hit the Bucs bigger. Hmm. I think I'm going to bet this both ways because we know it's going to be one of those two. Um, do you remember last season when Cavs and, and Bulls were leading for most of the season? And yeah. we were like, well... I just don't know if the if Bucks are going to get healthy. Like I and the books were just like, no, the the Bucks are going to win the division. And we were like, oh, look at all this plus money. And the bu- books were like, yeah, no, yeah. take it. The Bucks are going to win the division. Yeah. And then the Bucks won the division. Yeah. So I think well, I'm going to look at that. Yeah, I think I'm gonna that's that's the that. thing. Like the you look at the Bucks upcoming schedule: Minnesota, OKC, Atlanta, OKC again, Spurs. Like they're going to keep on winning right now. And the Cavs, you know, it's a young team. They're going to have to adjust now on the road, bringing Garland back in. I think you want to wait for the spot because three plus 320, like I think we're going to see a 500 somewhere this month because they're going to lose in Milwaukee, one of those games, maybe both of them. Maybe they lose a, a West Coast road trip game. They're going to have a spot here. So I think you I, you want to get a Cavs position here, but I think you're right. I don't know if they'll necessarily be favored just because the Bucks are so good. But I think that you're going to be able to play both sides of this and set up pretty well and RIP to my Chicago Bulls who are not in this conversation. They're pretty good though. I think the Bulls are, we'll talk about they're them. They're pretty good, time. but they're not in these two teams. They're not, they're not in this tier. They're not in this tier. Um, one more final note on this, I will say. Um, Second Spectrum has a number called QSP, which is, it's basically, it's qualified shot profile. So based off of not just the location and how tight the contest is, but the shooter themselves of how they've shot in their careers what's the expected percentage the cavaliers rank 20th in that category donovan mitchell is currently on pace for the highest heavily contested three-point percentage in the era that second spectrum has tracking for he has been (laughs) absurd in shot making now this matters this helps the win total right because like you're getting this bump and that's part of the context of the season sustainability is the question, but Hey, maybe we'll look back and this just is going to be one of the, if I'll tell you what, if they keep playing like this, the next conversation you and I are going to have to have about Donovan Mitchell MVP, <laughs> but that's a, a, a discussion. Different for day. Let's go. Speaking of day, let's talk about day by day. The segment is, I want to start doing these segments where we talk about a team that we don't want to do a future on, but we think that there's value in them over the long course of the season, not just from a specific spot or what the number is. Day by day. I'm falling more in love with you And day by day My love seems to grow And we're going to start with the Utah Jazz. Brandon wrote an excellent article this week 
breaking out from the the shackles of NFL that they keep him constantly writing about every single game on and wrote about NBA and wrote about the jazz. And the conceit of the article is that instead of any of the tropes you've heard about Utah, and I think some of the tropes that he lists are accurate. I think it's a conjunction of things, but the biggest edge that the jazz have is they're using math. It's offensive rebounds. It's their three point volume and percentage. Um, and it's their turnover margin, which they're using essentially to there. We all, this started a long time ago with the warriors where it was like, these teams had a math problem where if you just bought, and this is what Maury exploded for years with Houston. If you just bomb threes, you are <laughs> just, you're going to wind up with an edge there. It You can play better, but if the other team hits and makes and makes more threes, it doesn't matter. You're going to wind up in a, in a tough spot. And the jazz have definitely taken advantage of that. Um, so Brandon, we, we sit here and the jazz, they cover versus the Mavericks, which I know you were like, damn it, because they you had them as a team you didn't want to bet them against and they no. covered um i think this says more about where dallas is at like i was on utah in that game and i was also on utah money line which didn't hit uh but look utah is six and three okay they've been excellent they're undefeated at home they're in a good spot here before we talk about the angles to bet them in the season in your article um is there any play that you can think of from a future standpoint or what makes this team the team that we want to bet night by night and not look at a future's position yeah, so you had a future on them last week on our podcast. You had Lowry Markin in for most improved player. And since then, your the odds have moved in your favor. Until the Sixers news we discussed, Lowry was the favorite at FanDuel this morning. So I think that's one thing. My reason I couldn't get there on Lowry, um, a couple of reasons, but the biggest is that I didn't see the Jazz as a playoff team. We talked about that last week. Yeah. Could they get to the playoffs? So I think that's the question here is, can the Jazz be... Well, let's start with, can the Jazz be a postseason team? Can they get a top 10 seed and get to a play-in spot? Because, look, I'm a big March Madness guy. I think I am probably not covering March Madness. We'll take a break every now and then. However, one-game setting, the thing you want in one-game setting, if you're the team that's the underdog in talent, and the Jazz are the underdog by talent, you want variance. You want three-point volume. You want possessions. You want math. You need things that can get advantages over the more talented teams, whether that's the Mavs or Grizzlies or Clippers or whoever that is, the Jazz are going to be the worst team probably on the road in that setting. But when you're bombing 40 and 53s a game, you're going to have a shot in the game. You're dangerous. And we'll talk about the day-to-day stuff, but you have a chance. So if you look at the numbers, they're six and three now. The schedule in November, I think, is very winnable. We're going to talk about which teams I like them against. There's a bunch in November. So I think that this Utah thing, if it does fade, it's not yet. It's not coming yet. There's a bunch of other spots here that's going to feel good about. I don't mind looking at Utah maybe as a playoff team. If you like the roster, I don't love it. But if you like it, (laughs) if you like the team, if you like the math problems, 538 has them at 68% to make the playoffs. That's the playoff proper. That is to escape the play-in and make the actual playoff. 68%. It's higher than the Clippers right now. It's higher than the Timberwolves right now. So I think that if you, you know, I, I don't think we can reasonably expect a top six seed. I don't think that's really a thing we can say is in play for the Jazz yet. Is a seven to 10 seed play-in spot in play now? I think with the way that so many teams are struggling, and with the math in their favor, I think it's in play at least. And do, do you have a number? Do you have the number for what the Jazz are at to make the playoffs right now? 
I've got to make the play in right now plus 170. Okay. Not in my opinion necessarily. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want that. I think if I want to do the jazz thing, I think I just want to go in. So do we have a to make the play playoffs? But you're gonna to have to hedge with a pretty heavy favorite then, because if they're in the play, right? That's the problem. You're you're gonna be getting you're on the wrong uh, side of the number. Plus four twenty-five. Okay. So plus four twenty-five, we're looking at something. I think that's around 18% implied. So 538.com would tell you, you should bet that because we're at 68% there. That is a clear margin in your favor. What do you think? Jazz playoffs, is this a thing? And is is there a future for you that you would take here? Not yet. Not yet. I want to wait. They could be a mirror team, right? Like they could just wake up one day and be like, oh, wait, Jordan Clarkson's playing like a lot of minutes, like a lot of minutes for us. (laughs) And so that could be a problem. Like that was one of the issues that they had the other night. Uh, one thing I will tell you, their win total is already up to 31 and a half. I just don't know if they, I, I'm sorry. I just don't know if this team is, can, I don't know how, I don't know how the front office can get the roster to a place where it can tank that hard. I don't like you could trade Conley. Does that get them out of it? Maybe not. Like so many guys, they have to get rid of so many guys. Is there, is there anybody on the roster that you're like, okay, I may have been wrong about him. Is there anybody on the roster that's swung you yet? You're like I mean, the Lowry, Lowry is one me over. It's not like time. I'm like, oh man, I'll tell you what, that Jordan Clarkson. No, <laughs> like, and Colin Sexton's honestly been worse than I thought he would be. But like, the whole thing to me feels pretty good. Yeah, Lowry has definitely been playing pretty well. I don't know that I thought Lowry could put up these numbers night yeah. in, night out on the team. But even too, like, digging into his, the, the three point volume, when you have like Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, and Taylor Horton Tucker all shooting career high three point attempt rate, mm-hmm. Mike Conley has played a few games in his career. Jordan Clarkson has taken some shots in his career. Yeah. When those guys are hitting career high three point attempt rate, like there's something real that's happening there. And it's, it's the math thing again. So yeah, I, I feel like. Is there something altering about my perception of these players in the landscape of the league? Not necessarily, but it's a reminder that players aren't players in a vacuum. It's not a one-on-one game. You've got Will Hardy, the coach, and you've got a system, and you have a system elevating these guys. You've got four-out, five-out offense all the time. These players in this system, it's working. And, you know, you brought up the tanking thing. It's easy to sit here and I, I'm guilty of this and you've you've called me out on it, but I, I think the Jazz should be tanking. I think the Jazz should lose. Who cares? They're, they're not going to, even if they make the playoffs, they're not a threat. They're not going to do anything yeah. this year. Lose games, get Victor, like get, get your ping pong balls. Well, that's a decision that the front office can make. They yep. can trade guys away. They can tell Coach Will to maybe shoot a few less threes perhaps. But that's not a decision Will Hardy and the guys are going to make. They're going to go out and try to win every night because they're professional athletes, and that's how this thing goes. So for right now, while the roster is what it is, that's why we're in day-to-day here because I think day-to-day, this is a team you want to keep looking for some value on. Okay, so what are the teams that we're betting them night to night? And my answer for that has been every team night to night. But what are the teams specifically that you want to try and bet them against based off of the loss? So from my article, I tried to look. You you mentioned three-point volume, both for and limiting opponents on three-point volume has been a big strength of theirs. They're taking almost 11 three-pointers per game more than opponents. So on makes, they're about a 15-point head start on three-pointers. So I want to see... Who's on the other end of that spectrum? Who is not taking threes or giving up too many threes? Who is not defensive rebounding well? And who is who is turning over a lot? 
those are the teams that are going to feed into the jazz math problem. So seven teams that made my list for here's who I want to bet on when it's Utah against them, the Timberwolves, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. And that was not hindsight 2020, but you may recall Utah's played those teams four <laughs> times and they're four and zero against yeah. the spread and four and zero straight up. Yep. So the formula has worked for them. And then additionally, the Clippers, Bulls, Hawks, and Knicks. And I might add those last four teams, they play them all in November. They play the Clippers on Sunday and then twice again later this month. And they do a uh, Eastern conference trip with the Knicks, Bulls, and Hawks. So those are all teams I think that I want to bet on Utah when they're playing them because that math thing that I'm focusing on, because I can't not focus on the math, those are the games where it'll be really amplified. It's shocking me the Clippers are, are this low on three points. Yeah. That's surprising to me. Like, what is going on with the Clippers? It's oh, We're going to come back to the Clippers in a few minutes. Very Yeah, we're going to get back there. Um, I will ask you this. The So the Lakers, I presume, have a high rebound percentage. Uh, um, yes, I believe that, yeah, the Lakers... Yeah, I think the Lakers just barely missed the cup, but the Lakers were were nearly in the mix there as well. They, they play them twice in the next week, and I will just tell you that, barring injury, I'm going to be on Utah because yeah. I think the, the three-point edge there, because they may shoot a fair amount. Like, they took 36 last night versus the Pels. They're going to miss 33 gonna, of them, though. They're going to miss. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I, I, that but, to me is a prime spot for Utah versus. Yeah, let, let me let me clarify. I remember why the Lakers didn't make my list. Sorry, Lakers fans. I literally only put teams on my list that I thought were actually good. That the Jazz might be like big underdogs too. So the Lakers uh, didn't make the list because they didn't matter enough. As Sorry. an example, at, you know, at, look, I, I genuinely ask this question: If Lakers were not on their jersey, are the Lakers minus two and a half on Friday versus the Jazz? No. No, no, you're betting on jerseys on that one. So I'm going to be on Utah tomorrow. I'll be on Utah in the rematch later in the week. I think back in Utah. Um, great stuff, Brandon. Absolutely terrific. Check it out in the Action Network app. Uh, Brandon's article on the Utah Jazz and their advantage in the math department. Let's rack them. Okay, rack them up. Rack them up, rack them up, rack them up. All right, so I'm going to start doing this segment, which is Brandon and I got on the same. And if you listen to this podcast, you know, we bet differently, but we got on the program of there's value to be found in betting NBA future awards parlays. Um, this has more value later in the season. I'm starting this now because we're starting the podcast and we're working out segments, but this is going to be an ongoing conversation by like March. I'm going to be firing these like weekly because when one of these guys is minus 210 and we know he's going to win or minus 300, okay, you don't want to bet that, but you pair him with who you think is going to win the other two, even if they're like solid favorites. Like we were doing job most improved, Tyler Hero, six man. And then like I was smattering like Evan Mobley, Marcus Smart, uh, Bam Adebayo on defensive player of the year. You can, you can take the multiple positions on these guys. Yeah. Like I put those two together with both Jokic and Embiid and then – your margin is such that you're going to profit either way, as long as you've narrowed down the candidates. Uh, so real quickly for this one, I will just tell you, like, I have bet this. Okay. I have bet. It's tiny. It's a tiny. Wait, 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 before, before you get to your pick, let, let me just jump in on, on the segment. Cause we talked about this offline a little bit. So here are a couple of, here are my rules for the segment. It's just, just for me, we each have our own rules. So by the way, too, our sponsor here on the podcast is FanDuel. I think you can only really bet this at FanDuel. Yep. You, you can stack these together there. So it's a FanDuel-sponsored segment. Let's go. You cannot parlay awards from the same team. Like, that's not a rule that I'm making. That is at the site. So obviously, because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, if I want to do the Rackham idea, I want something correlated. 
So you can still correlate. You just need to correlate a different way. So I got a little creative. Yep. I'm going to bet at least a quarter unit on these. And now it's like, okay, normally you think, okay, like a 0.1 unit. If you actually hit one of these crazy long shots, you'll be so angry that you put 0.1 units on it and one like nothing at the end of it. The difference from one to, to a quarter is basically the juice on like an NFL game on Sunday. If you can't afford that difference, then maybe don't play the Rackham segment. Maybe yeah. this is not the spot for you. Not and then the last you. thing is we're, we're talking like, look, mine here is 150 to one and it is significantly shorter than yours today. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is hit one of these ever in like the years of our recording and we are well in the black. So that's, that's my notes on the segment. Hit me with your first Rackham for the season. Okay, so yeah, it's important to, to mention this. I bet awards so many different ways and we'll have so many plays in the app that like I have I have spreadsheets that try and keep track of where my positions are and various players and what my like what my liability is. If so, if X player doesn't win and trying to do that across the parlays and all these types of things, this one's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous because we're early <laughs> in the season. Like that's what I would tell you is like it's early in the season. I'm going off of what I've seen in the season so far, which is three weeks old. Like everyone kind of says like, ah, oh, it's too early. These games do matter. And especially I think in MVP, it, it winds up being important. Jason Tatum was was and Luka Doncic were effectively barred from the MVP conversation for how the first two months of the season went last year. Like, think about that. Like, and like, I think it was valid. Like, that's important to me is I'm like, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta play from the start of the year. To the end of the year it doesn't matter how you just did in february and march uh so luka Doncic, i still think is the best value on the board because he's now slightly longer than Giannis on and kumpo uh luka's numbers are exactly what i said they would be absurd they are stupid <laughs> he's leading in usage he's leading in points he's top five in assists he's averaging i don't have the number in front of me but a ton of rebounds He's got the ball in his hands every single second of every single game. It's amazing. It's exactly what I wanted. And the Mavericks are going to win enough games to where I think he's going to force himself in the conversation. I think Giannis could be an infinitely better player and win way more games. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, but Luke is a badass because that's how that goes. Uh, Palaban Caro, we were on him from day one. Day one, hour one. Brandon, I've been hitting this. We talked about it at Summer League. We talked about it in the ROI and the... Uh, the rookie of the year preview pod, how to bet that one. We've talked about it in preseason futures. We've been on Bancaro. He's now a minus number. I've been saying that he was going to be, he's now a heavy minus number, throw him in there as well. DPOY. Look, this one is, is the one that honestly, if you're going to leave one out, it's DPOY. We we found this like last year, right? Draymond was going to win, gets hurt. Bam was going to win. No, Marcus Smart has three has three very influential media people say nice things about him and he wins. Okay. My number one pick right now, for DPOY, the best bet is Marcus Smart, but I do not have him in here. I have Giannis, number one defense, dominant player, going to be in the MVP conversation. Like their defense, he's been incredible because he doesn't have to play center anymore. He was bad in center coverage last year. I did the work on that for his MVP case. At power forward though, there's not a, there's not a, there are not five better defenders in the last 20 years of the NBA. And then most improved, I love Shea right now. I've already got my maxi position. Love Shea. Love it. I think there's a chance Shea makes an all-star run. Even if the Thunder wind up tanking, like I could still see Shea getting into this conversation. He's been that freaking good. If I'll tell you this. If Shea's going to be this good, 
it's going to be hard for the Thunder to miss the playoffs or miss the race for the playoffs, which that at least gets him somewhere in between the guys we said have won that were outliers and what we've talked about as a model, which is all-star on a playoff team. Like, if there's a middle ground there, Shea's firmly in the middle of it. So, Luca, Paolo, Giannis DPOY, and Shea, um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's th- th- over 36,000 to one. So, it's... <laughs> <laughs> the solid three six zero eight four one on the old money line and yeah you hit it and you're gonna feel like a freaking genius but more than anything this sets me up if i bet this now and luca it does become the mvp leader after the all-star break and palo is the you know matherin's numbers come back to earth and it's like yeah ban caro is gonna win it gonna win rookie of the year um and shay the thunder are somehow in the playoff race i can start taking these three guys and then add in whoever the DPOI flavor of the month is and still come out way ahead. So that's my ridiculous <laughs> rack for this week. Uh, by the way, just to clarify on the number here, we're looking at 3,600 to one, not 36,000 to one. Yes. So you're, you're, you're looking at like millionaire outcome, not Jeff Bezos outcome. Yes, yes, so sorry. just, just to clarify on that I one, I, got, I was, I was, I was trying to read the number and it was so ridiculous. <laughs> What's well, it's a very large number. So you're, you're forgiven, especially when you got to like, Subtract the zeros off the end. And, you know, it all makes that me feel stuff. better that it's not so ridiculous. <laughs> there we go. So uh, mine is not quite as long as yours, but that's all right. I'm going with two guys here. And like I said, I'm trying to look for a correlated angle here, but we can't pick teammates. So here's the angle that I'm looking at is basically, you know how I bet these awards. I've got my model for each award. I'm looking at the history. And what does history tell us? I got my checklist and my models usually don't necessarily tell me who the winner is what they're helpful at especially is telling me who the winners are not and eliminating some guys because they're not the right age or the stat profile doesn't fit or they're not winning enough games or whatever the thing is for that award of course there are outliers and more recently we're getting like tom thibodeau coach of the year is the outlier or we're getting russell westbrook when he won mvp was an outlier and there are more and more recently so that brings me to my rackham I have a name for it. See if you can figure out what the theme is from the name. It's called the Brandon's historic models are outdated. Everything is stupid. Ooh, pretty stats. TikTok generation parlay. How can name is that? It's two guys. It's Luka Doncic to win MVP. It's Zion Williamson to win most improved. So you made the case for Luka. Luka does not fit my model. He's too young based on where we normally see guys win the award. And I don't think he's going to win enough. We want a top two seed. I don't see that, but the ooh pretty stats are really pretty. 36, nine and nine is ridiculous. And it's very, very good. Even the pretty advanced stats are really pretty this year. It's basically him and Giannis and then everyone else after that. So if you're ahead of guys like Jokic and the rest of the crowd, you are doing quite well there. The numbers are going to be there. I just, I don't see it with the rest of the profile, but maybe that's changing. So it's good to to doubt your own methods sometimes and, and trust that there could be new ways of looking at it. And then Zion, most improved. Zion's not going to be the most improved. Zion was awesome the last time that we saw him. He's not improved. Playing instead of not playing is not improved. That's not what that means. But I might be wrong. So this is the what if I'm wrong about what these awards are supposed to mean because that's been happening lately on some of these <laughs> awards. Zion historically should need to average like 40 points a game this year to win the award. That's how the points per game increase has gone. He's already an all-star. That's a a red flag from my list. 
He was literally the number one pick in a generational talent. You should not be the most improved player <laughs> when you are like a top 10 asset healthy in the NBA, but I don't get to decide who should win. So maybe Luca and Zion win. And just to show you how ridiculous some of these parlays are, I had an idea just while you were talking, which was, you know what? If Tyrese Maxey's odds got much shorter while we were recording this for most improved, maybe Zion's got longer. And they did. He was 30 to one when we were going to record. He's 42 to one now. So here's what happens. Luca plus 390, Zion plus 420. I told you I was 150 to one. Now I'm up to 210 to one. So give me those odds. Quarter unit at 210 to one gives me a plus 52 unit outcome. Zion, Luca ticket. I'm not going to say the TikTok generation name again, but that's it. That's my rackum. If you're listening to this and you're like, this is absurd and stupid. I can't disagree with you. I am yeah, introducing yeah. this segment. Now I bet this because I'm an idiot. Well, but... I'm gonna put it in the app. I'm putting it yeah. in there. Let's get the let's get the bet in. It's a quarter unit. We'll we'll get it back this weekend on an NFL game. Let's win some money. If you're betting awards and you want to bet like four times a year, do not do this. Do not do this. Now we'll probably have a play for you later in March where we're like, no, no, no you should actually bet this. That like this is gonna happen. Um, but right now too far out this is just for a conversational standpoint uh we're gonna wrap it up with our long shot of the week as if those numbers weren't ridiculous enough we're gonna do our long shot of the week before we get out of here you mean not good like one out of a hundred i'd say more like one out of a million so you're telling me there's a chance yeah uh, mine's pretty easy it's just a Warriors Bucks finals matchup at FanDuel plus 1362. Um, it's pretty easy here. Look, the Warriors aren't necessarily taking a hit in the title odds. The Bucks aren't getting getting thrown off the scent by how they're looking. I don't care how Golden State looks. I don't. They're going to be fine come playoff time. I don't care how bad Wiseman is. If he's that bad, he's not going to be in the rotation. I'm not worried about it. The Warriors are going to be fine. I do not have to worry about what they look like game to game. We will kvetch about it and we will worry and I'll be like, well, yeah. And like, our former colleague Raheem is going to be like, I don't know. I think the Warriors are cooked. And that's going to be a thing. And Brandon and I are going to be like, they have Stephen Draymond. They're fine. Um, <laughs> the Bucks. it's entirely possible the Bucks really just do steamroll everybody in the East. And it's like bad six games in. I understand. It's just like, this is what this team should have been the last two years. And between COVID and injuries, there's just been a lot of nonsense. So I'm not ruling it out. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and with them getting off to this kind of start, I want to be ahead of it. I'll take 1362 for my lawn shot of the week. That's Bucks to win the Eastern Conference, Warriors to win the Western Conference finals matchup. Bucks Warriors, which would, by the way, just be a beautiful, glorious series. To oh, watch. man. Which, we, we, need, we need that like generationally. We need to see... You remember we what was the final that we never got? Kobe, Kobe LeBron. Is oh, that the Lord. final that we always wanted and never got there? Like we need the the Steph Giannis, just totally different styles of play. We need that finals. That would be great. So I'm I'm rooting for your bet. What's your long shot of the week? Okay, so I've got a rant to go on here that goes with mine because we have been talking about okay, who are who are the bad teams? Like the teams that we thought were good that are looking pretty bad. There are a bunch of them. It feels like there's like 10 out of the 30 teams that we thought were going to be good that are actually not good right now. So I'm fading one. I'm fading one from Los Angeles, and it's not the Lakers. I'm taking the Clippers, plus 950 to miss the playoffs. Are you serious right now, Bo? So getting ready for this segment, I pull up the stats. And I'm just scrolling through, okay, what things jump out? And again, we're only like seven, eight games in. I'm scrolling on offensive rating, and I'm scrolling and scrolling. I make it down to the bottom. And there are the Los Angeles Clippers dead last in offensive rating. And here's the thing I notice about that. 
Last means last behind the Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers offense has been god-awful for the entire first two weeks, and the Clippers are below them? That is a giant red flag to me. So I look at the numbers a little more. They're second to last, the Clippers, in three-pointers made. They're dead last in turnover rate, turning over almost once every six possessions. They're dead last in free throws per game. They're bottom five in assists per game. That's the whole thing John Wall was supposed to help solve. It hasn't solved anything. The offense is not good. It is not. They're not playing well. If you look at the number one offense, who is the Suns, they're 18 points per 100 behind the Suns. So a point every five possessions that you are giving up against real offenses in the league. So Clippers are four and four. So it feels like, okay, yeah, that's fine. The sky is not falling. It's a long season. Settle down. All right, well, let's look at the four and four. Four wins. You beat the Kings by two. You beat the Rockets by two. You beat the Lakers when they shot nine for 45 on threes, which was probably their best shooting night of the season. And you beat the Rockets in a single digits game. Hooray for your wins, Clippers. The four losses, non-competitive and three of them. Two of the losses to the Thunder. This has been a train wreck start for this team. And am I angry that I have Kawhi Leonard MVP and Norm Powell six-man tickets? Yeah, I'm angry. I'm mad about it. Those tickets are gone. However, I think the Clippers just might not be good. They're six in defensive rating, so that's the, the reason they're hanging around here. But they're playing the Lakers, who are the second-worst offense in the league, the Rockets twice, who are third-worst, the Thunder twice, who are 25th on offense. So I'm not even sure I believe the defense has been great. They're fourth-worst in net rating. Turnovers. They have the highest turnover rate offensively and the lowest turnover rate defensively. That is a crazy combination. They are basically giving the opponent a five-possession head start in every game, which is not, not a great idea. So I don't like the Clippers right now. I think it's bad. Kawhi Leonard has played 42 minutes so far. That does not cash my 40-1 to MVP ticket, Kawhi Leonard. It would be nice if you played. Paul George has not been good. We talked about the depth on this team all year, and we were all excited about it. So if you look past PG, who's leading the team in minutes per game, here's the next rest of the list. And I'm just feeling underwhelmed. It's Zubach, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Norm Powell, Luke Kennard, John Wall. The guys that we were feeling like, wow, there's just there's so many guys here. They have so many good role players. Turns out when the stars don't show up, the rest of the role players, that's just the team is not really exciting. So Clippers right now at 538.com projected 43 and 39 on the record. Smells a lot like last year's team to me. That smells like a play-in team. And now we don't know. Is Kawhi going to play in the play-in game? Can he gain himself to play a game for us? Is Paul George going to show up or get COVID at the last second? I don't see them as a top six sure play-off team right now. And by the way, at 538, they have the Clippers 62% to make the playoffs. 62% is not good for the team that we thought was maybe the favorite to win the title. Under two-thirds of the time, they make the playoffs. So plus 950, we're implied 9.5% to miss the playoffs. 38% is where 538 has them. So I will take it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, here's where I'm at. I already have a Clippers title ticket with my Norm Powell thing. Now I'm going to have a Clippers miss the playoffs. We're going to get like some stupid five seed team that slogs through the season, does nothing and, and middles out. And I miss both ends, but whatever. I'll take Clippers, miss the playoffs. That was great, Brandon. Rant great. over. Um, 
I bet Norm Powell for, for six man of the year last week, and I feel fine about it. And Good. Welcome to the island. Yeah, plus 6,500. And uh, I... I'll just tell you this: if the books were were not were getting faked out by it, I'd buy low on them. But they still have the fourth best odds to win the title at plus seven fifty. Books are like, don't care. Uh, I'll just tell you, I'm not worried. I I, th- I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be okay. Um, I don't I don't think they. I think a lot of this is like they're very uncharacteristic right now. And if it's basically like, do you trust Ty Lue? Now I've talked a lot about. It. I think Ty is wildly overrated because he talked about as one of the best coaches of NBA history. Like. Our good friend and colleague Rob was on this podcast talking about <laughs> Ty Lue being compared to Phil Jackson. Like, let's just maybe it's calm down a little bit. Uh, but Ty Lue's really good. The roster's really good. Uh, there hasn't yet been a Kawhi is out indefinitely. It's like he's not where he wants to be. It's frustrating, but it's not like it's going to be months. When we get there, maybe I'll reassess. But right now, yeah. I'm not. I'm not adding. If the numbers were better, I I would add. But right now, uh, I'm staying away. I do want to note that finally, for one episode in both Rackham and Long Shot of the Week, I had longer numbers than you. I just <laughs> want to like <laughs> want to go ahead and take that that victory lap there. A reminder: download the award-winning Action Network app wherever you get your applications. Leave a five-star review at, on our podcast on Apple uh, for a chance to win a free one-year sub to Action Pro. You can follow us on YouTube as well. Check out the video version of the show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back next week. I'll do the recap with. Albert win on Monday and then best bets throughout the week. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate the feedback. We'll see you guys again next time. Oh, and uh, let's get buckets.